What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson. And we got some news on the New York Giants quarterback position over these past couple of days. Not one, but two reporters, two prominent New York Giants beat writers coming out and giving a little bit of new information about the New York Giants plans this offseason to add a quarterback. Whether that be through free agency or the draft, they do plan on bringing in a new quarterback. Now, we've heard that they're looking at all different options in the draft. They've scouted all the top quarterback prospects. We have the combine coming up here in a couple weeks. It's going to be really telling to see whether or not the New York Giants interview with some of these top prospects like a Jaden Daniels or a Drake May. If they do interview with those guys at the combine, then we know things are serious. They really are looking at quarterbacks in this in the first round of this draft. But outside of that, some reports now are saying that the Giants understand Daniel Jones is a, quote, medical concern, according to Paul Schwartz of the New York Post. Referring to Daniel Jones as a medical concern is pretty intense, saying that the Giants understand that of him, uh, and also adding that they will bring in a quarterback in free agency who is seen as more than a career backup. So they're targeting a guy who they believe is a true quality starter in free agency, backup slash starter. So we're going to talk about some of the options that the Giants could consider for that backup quarterback spot, but then also kind of react to this idea that the Giants are starting to have questions and are starting to feel skeptical about their decision to uh, keep Daniel Jones as their franchise quarterback. It sounds like they're not fully sold on him. So it's some pretty interesting news here, again, right ahead of this combine, which is where all this stuff really starts to bubble up. You're going to have contract negotiations really ramp up during the combine. That's when the Giants are going to be meeting with Saquon Barkley's representatives. I assume they'll be meeting with Xavier McKinney's representatives as well. And again, making some decisions and meeting with other agents who represent free agent quarterbacks. A lot of work is going to be getting done at that combine. So hearing some of this information right ahead of the combine definitely says something. And again, some really interesting takeaways that we have from these quotes. But before we dive into them, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Ring the bell so don't miss an episode. Comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you listen to Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. Without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And first and foremost, I want to get that one quote. The Giants understand Jones as a medical concern. What is your reaction to that? Because to me, that says a whole lot about the way that this team is feeling about their quarterback position. I mean, think about it this way. Would you invest your future, invest $40 million beyond the 2024 season in a guy that the Giants... And look, Paul Schwartz from the New York Post, he is usually known to report things from the Giants' perspective, from the Giants' side of things. He's kind of like, you know, their mouthpiece in a way in terms of what their side of the story is. Like this whole Wink Martindale and Brian Dable story came out. Paul Schwartz was reporting it from the Brian Dable perspective. He was getting a lot of information from the Giants. If he's saying that the Giants feel as though Daniel Jones is a medical concern, how on earth are we supposed to sit here and expect the Giants to commit further money after 2024 to a player that is one neck injury away from his career ending, that is coming off an ACL to, I don't care how hard and how many anti-gravity machines and how much, how many miles this guy runs in a freaking pool to get back, to get back to playing in 2024. I don't care what he does. I appreciate the work ethic nonetheless, but the truth is, can you commit your future to a player that may not have one in the NFL if another injury occurs? Like, that's a massive risk, right? It's a tremendous risk. And I'd argue, unless it's a Patrick Mahomes-style player that you just simply cannot say no to, you simply cannot, you have to take the gamble, 
you don't take the gamble. You know, you don't take it if it's Daniel Jones. He's not that good of a player. He's not a franchise quarterback who's going to beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Um, he's not going to beat many of these quarterbacks in, in a playoff uh, atmosphere against with elite defenses. So, you know, I kind of feel like if you're the Giants and you're and, and you're there's a reporter who's connected to the Giants and they're saying he's a medical concern. We need to open our eyes and see through the tea leaves here. Read the tea leaves. See through the facade of, oh, the expectation is he's going to be starting in week one next year. Because he could be. That doesn't mean the Giants aren't going to draft a guy to potentially beat him or potentially take over in 2025 when they take the out in his contract. That doesn't mean they're going to, they aren't going to prepare for the future because they certainly are. And if he's a medical concern, you have to believe that we may have a new quarterback come 2025, if not this upcoming season, if things were to fall in our direction in the first round of the 2024 NFL draft. So, with that being said, bringing in a, a veteran quarterback, an experienced guy that can help supplement any injuries to Jones, and look, having to prepare for your quarterback to get hurt is like the worst thing ever. If you have to bring in a, a backup quarterback who is capable of starting and winning games for you because you don't trust your quarterback, your primary starter, you're paying $45, $40 million to, to stay healthy, that is a problem. And if you cannot acknowledge that, I don't know what to tell you. I think most people would agree with me. That is a problem if you have to actively search for supplements because you don't trust your quarterback to stay healthy. That's not a good thing. That's a really bad problem to have. Um, so, you know, there are a couple options. I'm going to list a couple right now. We'll talk about the different, uh, you know, talents that could fit our skill set, fit what we have. Joshua Dobbs, we saw him against uh, against us in week two from Arizona. Looked great. Kicked the crap out of us. Not a bad player. Really good teammate. I feel like he actually would be a decent fit for our offense because he's also mobile. Jacoby Brissett, not very mobile. More of a pocket passer. Don't Not my favorite option of the bunch. Joe Flacco, not my favorite off of the bunch. Why is Joe Flacco not at the top of my list? Because we don't have the freaking Cleveland Browns offensive line, guys. Let's be honest here. The Cleveland Browns offensive line kept Joe Flacco basically statue-like in the pocket. He was able to stand there, go through his reads, make the throws. Joe Flacco can make the throws if he has the time, but the Giants aren't giving him that much time in the pocket, so I don't see the fit there. My, my top option here, if the Giants are willing to spend a little bit of money, is Gardner Minshew. I really like Gardner Minshew for the Giants. He has a little bit of mobility. We've seen him maximize a top receiver like Michael Pittman in the past. Um, if the Giants do go out and get a Malik Neighbors or whatever it might be, I actually think Gardner Minshew is not a bad player to have as a backup. I mean, for what it's worth, there are people out there who would probably say he would challenge Jones for start for the starting job. Like that's coming off of an ACL tear. There may be some people that argue that. Um, you know, I think Jones obviously is the starter, whoever they end up signing in free agency. But I like Minshew a lot. Um, you know, there could be other options, Anthony. Anyone that sparks your interest in free agency? Yeah, actually, there is somebody who sparks my interest. It's Sam Darnold. I think that Sam Darnold coming back to New York, playing for the different New York team, would be really interesting because, yeah, throughout his career so far, he has been a career backup, but he is more than a career backup in the sense that he was drafted with the expectations of being a starter, expectations of being a franchise quarterback, wasn't able to meet those expectations with the New York Jets, but you can't lie and say he never flashed any potential with the Jets. Yeah, he bottomed out. It didn't work out with the New York Jets, but again, I was with the Jets, and they're pretty bad at developing quarterbacks. They're kind of just killing all young quarterback talents in recent years. I mean, Zach Wilson as well, he had potential coming in, and they totally wasted his career, wasted Sam Darnold's career. And in the short spurts that we've seen from Sam Darnold playing in the Kyle Shanahan offense in San Francisco, the, the couple of times where, you know, Brock Purdy wasn't in the lineup, or maybe they blew somebody out, or he was hurt, whatever, and Sam Darnold went in, Sam Darnold looks like he's actually developed into something 
of quality, uh, at least backup quality. He was a good backup for the Niners this past season. I think that he would be an exciting selection for the New York Giants in free agency, and signing a guy like Sam Darnold doesn't prevent you from going into into the draft and drafting anybody in the top 10 either. So you could realistically pair Sam Darnold with a rookie and also add in Daniel Jones. Of course, he's going to be on the roster, but I think Sam Darnold would be a really interesting selection. If you do want somebody with more experience, yeah, Gardner Minshew is the best backup quarterback in the NFL. I don't think that anybody views him as a starter. I don't think he can ever sign with a team this offseason that's going to pay him out to be a 17-game starter. But as a backup, a high-quality one, when your quarterback has frequently been injured, Gardner Minshew is your best selection. But he's also going to get paid like he's your best selection. The New York Giants don't have this infinite well of money this offseason. They can't just go ahead and sign Gardner Minshew uh, to a a pretty sizable contract. He's going to get paid a a fair amount in free agency. So I don't know if Gardner Minshew is a realistic option for the Giants. He's the best option for the Giants, absolutely. But is he one that they can afford? And furthermore, signing Gardner Minshew might sort of prevent you from drafting a quarterback because you are tying up so much money to the quarterback position if you sign Gardner Minshew. I think a little bit lower down the scale, a Sam Darnold level player, he's not going to get paid nearly as much. A Tyler Huntley, not going to get paid as much as Gardner Minshew. Minshew just feel like he's a, feels like he's a little bit out of that price range. Now, if you also want to go in that higher price range, there is one other option that does stand out to me, not because he's somebody that I think makes a lot of sense for the Giants, but he feels like somebody that the Giants would feel makes a lot of sense for him. And it's Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, his playing style is very similar to Daniel Jones. So if they want continuity in that offense, if they want it to kind of transition over from Jones to another quarterback, Ryan Tannehill is going to run that thing almost exactly like Daniel Jones did. Now, Ryan Tannehill in his prime at his peak was better than Daniel Jones was at his peak. But so Tannehill is in some ways considered an upgrade maybe for Jones, uh, depending on how you look at it. But Tannehill, not what he used to be at all, is totally washing out, um, lost his starting job to Will Levis in Tennessee this past season, didn't do much to gain it back, but also really took on a mentorship role with Will Levis. If you read about it, Ryan Tannehill was very okay with being benched, understood that this is just the part of his career that he's in and he's going to be a backup now. And he helped Will Levis and was a good mentor and leader over there. So that's another player where he could step in and be a very solid backup for Daniel Jones or be a solid mentor for whatever rookie they bring in. So I like Tannehill. I don't know if he's going to be in their price range. Some teams might still view him as a starter and try to pay him like a starter. Uh, but right now, if he doesn't get that starting job anywhere, I think as a backup with the New York Giants, that makes sense. So those are kind of the names that I'm looking at. Tannehill, if he's willing to be a straight backup. Gardner Minshew, if you want somebody who you know can start you a full season, if you have to have him do that. And then Sam Darnold is kind of one of those maybe higher risk, uh, but also higher reward players. We really haven't seen Sam Darnold get a legit shot since his stint with the Jets, which again was a very unfair tenure. He really didn't have a real opportunity to show what he's worth. A USC product who came into the league with loads of arm talent and loads of talent in general just wasn't a finished product and was never allowed to finish producing in the New York Jets system. So maybe someday we could see Sam Darnold continue to develop uh, and be a really high quality backup. And maybe that could happen here with the New York Giants if they wanted to take kind of a, a, a low, low move, low cost approach to this quarterback position in free agency. So those are the names that I'm looking at, Alex. I, I do want to talk about some of these other quotes, but do you have any kind of thoughts or comments on some of the guys that I mentioned there? I, I, I do kind of want to hear your your take on the idea of maybe Sam Darnold being an option. 
well, hey, you know what? Sam Darnold's coming from a team that just made it to the Super Bowl. So, you know what? Like, I'll take it. I'll take whatever we can get in terms of people that have seen winning football. Um, look, Sam Darnold wasn't a big asset in terms of, like, he didn't have to do much there. He was really just supporting Brock Purdy. Um, but, you know, there's value to a guy that can throw off platform. He, he, he's he's capable. I'll say that about Sam Darnold. He's Probably a career backup. Um, I think that the Giants saying they want someone that's a little bit more than a career backup. Is Darnold more than that? I, I don't necessarily know. I think Gardner Minshew is better than Sam Darnold. Probably more expensive, though. Um, however, look, like here's my kind of take on it, uh, Anthony. The fact that the Giants are saying they want a backup who's capable of starting doesn't make me think that they're going to be moving up in the first round of the draft. However, it could be a total smokescreen. They could be just saying that to make people think they're not going to be aggressive in getting a quarterback. A lot of people are saying that there's going to be plenty of teams looking to, looking to draft one. But, like, if you, for example, if the Giants drafted J.J. McCarthy, you don't need Sam Darnold. You don't need Gardner Minshew because if Daniel Jones goes down, you're starting J.J. McCarthy. If the Giants draft Jaden Daniels, for example, or Drake May, they're starting this year, let alone sitting behind Daniel Jones. They're probably going to win the job outright in camp because DJ probably won't even be able to play that much in camp. So, you know, there's there's a realistic nature here where there are a couple of different avenues where, you know, let's say this. If the Giants drafted Spencer Rattler in the third round, they could carry three quarterbacks and let Rattler just develop behind uh, Daniel Jones and a, a better backup on a one-year deal. Um, so I think, like, that's realistic. If you get J.J. McCarthy... You're probably not looking at signing a quarterback like he's your number two, like, and it's not even a question. And if you draft a Drayden Daniels or Drake May, they're starting on day one. Like, so there's there's different tiers here to what the Giants could do and the talents that are available. But with that being said, I mean, if they are going to stick with DJ, they should bring in someone that's going to at the very least like look good in camp. Like, I know they're not even if Gardner Minshew came in and like looked better than Daniel Jones in camp. They're still giving DJ the job. They're paying him $40 million. Like, they have no choice at this point in time um, if they don't have anybody younger that can take that job because of the future. They're thinking about the future. So, you know, when you're thinking about that, do you think that the fact that the Giants are going to be looking for someone who could be a backup with more than that, does that deter you from thinking they can move up in the draft or land a quarterback in the first round? Or do you think it's more of like a, a another smokescreen, another layer to the smokescreen? Or is it just like another option they're throwing out there that's a possibility? Joe Shane, anything he says has to be taken with a grain of salt, so I'm definitely not going to consider it as 100% truth. I don't think it's necessarily a smokescreen. I just think this whole quote is left open to interpretation because it says they want to add a quarterback who is seen as more than a career backup. That could mean he's seen as a project developmental starter. That could mean he's seen as a starting quality player. It doesn't really say exactly what they're looking for. And so I think that it's more just let's wait and see what the New York Giants decide to do. Let's see who they sign. And then that's going to dictate what they do in the draft. That's how it always is uh, for every position. What they do in free agency dictates what they do in the draft. But I don't think that we can determine yet what they're doing in the draft again until we get to that combine and we see who they're interviewing. If they are interviewing Caleb Williams, Drake May, I, I mean, then yeah, they're probably at least considering the option of trading up if they interview a Caleb Williams. Uh, but if they don't interview Caleb Williams, they don't interview Drake May, but they do interview Jaden Daniels, they might just be sitting there hoping that somebody falls into their lap at number six. So that's what I'm really waiting for to make a determination. I think that I wouldn't call this a smokescreen, but I also wouldn't call this a definitive plan. The Giants have a long time between now and the draft. They do not have their decisions made. They do not have their minds made up. Yes, they're definitely considering taking a quarterback. 
That's what this report is saying. That's what every report that we've been reading lately, it's been indicating that the Giants are having more and more internal conversations about the possibility of moving on from Daniel Jones. But I don't think that means their mind is made up. You know, there's a lot of decision makers in that front office. Yes, you have Joe Shane, but you also have Brian Dable. You also have Brandon Brown. You also have John Mara. You also have Steve Tisch. You have a lot of people in that room that have to make this decision. And each and every single one of them has to at least come to a consensus. So the New York Giants, they don't know who they're drafting yet. They don't know what their plans are. But what's important is that they are considering making a change at quarterback. That's my main takeaway from this. So who will they sign in free agency? I I can't predict it. There's a lot of options out there, and there's a whole lot of different avenues that they can take. Do I think that them signing a high-quality backup is going to prevent them from drafting a quarterback? It depends on who it is, but no, not necessarily. I think that they could go into free agency, sign a quarterback that makes it look like there's no way they're drafting a quarterback, and they did that just so that a quarterback could fall into their lap at six. You know, there is, there are a few different ways where the Giants could use this and turn it into a smokescreen, uh, but right now I wouldn't call it a smokescreen. I would just call it the, the reporters are starting to hear conversations have begun in the front office, and that's what we're hearing now. So in terms of some of these other quotes, also had Jordan Rannon of ESPN say the Giants will add a quarterback this offseason. Grabbing one early in the draft is at the very least on the table, if not the preference. That's the quote from Jordan Rannon. It's on the table and maybe the preference within the building. So now I want to kind of shift focus. We talked about some of these free agent options, Alex. What is your take on that quote? Because that one seems really important. Jordan ran it, and this is the point that I made a couple weeks ago on this podcast, um, and I'm going to repeat it because I think it's very important to note. Last offseason, Jordan Rannon was the one that said the Giants are going cornerback in the first round before the draft happened. He said Deontay Banks is their favorite player and they're going to target him. They ended up taking Deontay Banks. Jordan Rannon said that, I think, about a week before the draft. Uh, He said, you know, look at cornerback. Cornerback is a contender. They're scouting all these receivers. Receiver is up there. But if it's not a wide receiver, it's going to be a cornerback. And he was 100% right about that. Jordan Rannon's plugged into this front office. You know, whether you guys like him or hate him, I know that there's some beat writers that fans really dislike. Jordan Rannon ruffles feathers every now and then. Okay, whatever. But the guy's plugged in, at least with the draft talk. That's what he proved the last offseason with this current regime. So him saying that the Giants will add a quarterback and grabbing one early in the draft is at least on the table, if not the preference. To me, Alex, that says a whole lot. That says that the Giants are really starting to gear up to make a decision at that quarterback spot and are definitely going to be interviewing some of these top prospects at the Combine in a week and a half. So what's your reaction to that quote? Because I think that one, especially considering who it's coming from, that says a lot about what the New York Giants are playing in this offseason. Yeah, I mean, he's usually tapped into what the Giants are thinking, and the truth is, you know, what what does early in the draft mean? Does it mean the first round? Does it mean the second round? Um, that's open for interpretation. He says it's on the table, if not a preference. Um, if not a preference is an important kind of piece right there, because saying that it's if not a preference say is basically saying that it's likely that they need that they know they want a quarterback early on in this draft, whether it be a developmental guy um, or a immediate starter. Look, I I. I I've been saying this since day one, Anthony, after the season came to an end. The Giants know. I mean, Joe Shane knows and Brian Dable knows their jobs are on the line in 2024, right? They have to win football games. If Look, if they don't win football games with Daniel Jones, they're getting fired, right? 
So the only other option to save themselves and give themselves more time is to draft a quarterback. If they draft a Jaden a Jaden Daniels or a Drake May, that buys them two years minimum, in my opinion. If they draft a J.J. McCarthy, it probably buys them an extra year. Um, a Michael Penix or a Bo Nix don't doesn't really convince me they're of anything. I don't. I, I still think they could get fired after that because those two guys are far from being capable NFL quarterbacks anytime soon. In my in my opinion, at least. Um, you know, Spencer Rattler's year two years out from that as well. So also, like, he's been a third-round pick on a quarterback. You could still get fired. But if you draft a Jaden or a May, you're locking yourself in for a couple more seasons. That's job security. You know what I mean? Like, do we really think they're not thinking about those things? Look at the game they just played with Wake Martindale. Look at the chess that Brian Dable just played to, you know— get this reaction out of him, make him look at the bad guy, make him resign, save. And he goes to John Maron and said, you know, we got some bad PR, but I just saved you $3 million because Wink Martindale resigning gave up that entire co- and, uh, last year of his contract, $3 million or whatever number it was. So Brian Dibble's like, yeah, we had a little bit of bad PR. Nobody remembers a month later and nobody cares. And I saved you three mil. So it's like, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. And, you know, you look at the chess game that they've played, you don't I think it would be crazy to think that they're not thinking about their own future. You know, if if Joe Shane doesn't pan out, if they get fired after the season after another failure of a year, I don't Joe Shane's gonna have to go back to being an assistant. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna have to be go go back to, he's not gonna go back into another GM role. He has to go and work his way back up again. They they're definitely thinking about their long term future too. Their long term future is only benefited from landing a, a premium quarterback, and I think I think that's objectively true, Anthony. You know, what are your thoughts about this? I know they want to do what's best for the Giants, and for what it's worth, drafting a quarterback is what's best for the Giants and what is best for them. So, you know, what do you think about that in terms of just them kind of having this perspective that a quarterback also buys them time? I mean, I think that's huge. We've kind of been discussing that on and off throughout the past couple months here where, yeah, the, the, the seat is starting to warm up, right? I think that with Joe Shane and Brian Dable, a great first season with this team. Uh, I mean, listen, going to the playoffs, ending a drought that had been ongoing for six seasons, winning a playoff game, ending that drought that had been going on for a decade, that was huge, and it bought them some time. That's why they didn't get fired after what was a really bad 2023 season. I, like, let's be real about it. If this was... If this was a team that missed the playoffs in year one and then again had that terrible record that they had midway through the 2023 season, they probably would have been fired and cleaned house. That's what history would tell you based on how John Mara has operated the past several regimes. It's been a lot of two seasons and gone, if even two seasons. A couple of those guys were fired midway through their second season. Ben McAdoo, for example, and also a little off topic. Do you remember when Ben McAdoo was fired and Steve Spagnuolo became the interim head coach? Man, opportunity missed, right? <laughs> Steve Spagnuolo, arguably the greatest coordinator, uh, you know, position or unit coordinator in football history, or at least in recent years, and the Giants had him as an interim head coach. What could have been? Uh, but anyway, I, I digress from that. This regime has a short leash going into 2024. They have to produce. They have to put up numbers. They have to put up wins. Otherwise, they are on the hot seat, and they likely could get fired at the end of this 2024 season. However, what could possibly extend them, what could possibly keep them on a longer leash, is having a quarterback on a leash. If you're leashed with a leash, you know what I'm saying? So the Giants need to draft a quarterback in the perspective of if Brian Dable goes into this year with Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones gets injured once again, 
and he has no future at the position, and that team just falls apart like it did last year offensively, Brian Dable is going to have to face the consequences. He's going to he's gonna get fired because of that. So in order to prevent that from happening, he needs a quarterback to kind of be in a little bit of a developmental period. So he could say, hey, listen, we got this young guy. I don't think that it would be right for you guys to fire me, bring in a new coach who may or may not work and stunt his growth the same way you did Daniel Jones. Give me one more year to prove myself with this quarterback, develop him. If he takes major steps, we'll keep doing this thing. If he doesn't take major steps and he doesn't look like he's going to pan out, you could fire me and you can move on and restart. That should be Brian Dable's kind of pitch to the front office, pitch to ownership is like, if I can at least show signs of progress in this quarterback, even if this season doesn't go right, it means that you should keep me around so I can continue to develop him and get it right in 2025. But if it's if there's no quarterback there for him to have that built-in excuse, Brian Dable is just playing with fire at that point. So I think that he understands that. I think Joe Shane understands that. If they really want to build a long-term contending team, they're going to have to do something at that quarterback position. If they want to keep their jobs for the long term, they're going to want to bring in a quarterback to tie themselves. I, I think that's really why Dave Gettleman was able to last for so long, Alex. He was here for an extended stay, here for much longer than he should have been, hired in 2018, fired in, what was that, 2021-22. So, but really, all those losing seasons, multiple head coaches, most GMs are getting fired way before that. If you're Dave Gettleman, the fact that he lasted that long is incredible. But he lasted that long because he drafted a quarterback, and the Giants wanted to allow him to develop that guy. They wanted to keep him tied to Daniel Jones and let him develop that guy. Joe Shane has an opportunity to extend his stay in New York, by drafting a quarterback and being tied to that quarterback. The successes and the pitfalls of that quarterback will, of course, be the greatest reflection on Joe Shane's resume. But if he ties himself to that quarterback, he buys himself more time, and he likely buys Brian Dable more time as well. So that's my take on it, Alex. How do you feel about that, kind of comparing this to the Dave Gettleman situation, where he was here for way longer than we thought he should have been, but it probably had to do with the fact that he drafted a potential franchise quarterback and they wanted to let him have his time to bring in pieces to hopefully develop him. Didn't work out. But now if Joe Shane drafts a quarterback, I feel like they got to afford him the same amount of time that they afforded Gettleman with uh, Daniel Jones. And I think that ultimately drafting a quarterback early could be the key for Joe Shane and Brian Dable to extend their stay with Big Blue. I mean, let's be honest here. Joe Shane is a significantly better general manager than Dave Gettleman. Um, and from if you want to just look at it from one perspective in salary cap health, yes, the Daniel Jones deal was is the one anomaly. But think about the awful contracts that Dave Gettleman left us with, man. I mean, we were paying Golden Tate. We were paying Patrick Omame. We were paying guys that are no longer even remotely, not only in the league, but on this team. So it's like, you know, for what it's worth, I do feel as though our salary situation is head and shoulders better than what it was. So in that respect, kudos to Joe Shane. The drafting, still up for grabs. However, we did land some decent talent. I think Deontay Banks is going to be a star. Wandale Robinson is a stud. I mean, if you didn't hear it from C.D. Lamb yesterday, just watch his film. The guy's a monster. Um, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau has the capacity to be, to be a great player. We're still going to see on John Michael Schmitz. We're still going to see on Jalen Hyatt. It's They're still young. Dane Belton showed uh, showed some good potential at the end of last season. So, like, there are some pieces here where I'm like, all right, like, there's, there's some decent building blocks that we've added over the last two drafts. This 
this year, this is the one. You know, this is the one that you add a blue chip prospect in the top ten, uh, top six. Uh, if you're the Giants, like you can get a Malik Neighbors, a Brock Bowers, a Romo Dunze. You know, you could maybe try to get a quarterback. Like you could walk away with a. Either way, the Giants are walking with a blue chip prospect at number six, in my opinion. Like that's the most likely scenario. So, you know, with that being said, I feel as though we're in a much better situation awarding Joe Shane the same amount of time if he gets his quarterback, the guy that he wants. He built the out in the contract for Daniel Jones for a reason, for this reason exactly. If he gets the guy he wants, I don't see why the Giants and John Mara would not give him uh, at least another two or three years to figure this thing out because that's the same thing he awarded Dave Gettleman, and Shane is a much better general manager, in my opinion. Uh, the only question is, does Brian Dable survive? You know, I think if anything, we're going to see Brian Dable go before Joe Shane. If they don't go as a unit... I think that they'll, the, the, Dable will be scapegoated. Like, he will be the guy that ends up becoming the scapegoat, and Shane will survive, and they'll find another option. You know, maybe it could be, for what it's worth, next year, if they don't, you know, if they don't play well and, and Dable's out, you know who's sitting there waiting for a, a new job? Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick. There's some really good freaking coaches out there that we're going to be talking about next year if things don't go the way we want them to. And, of course, I prefer for the Giants to win, be a good team, take steps forward. But if they don't, Next next offseason is going to be a hell of a hell of a time. It's going to be really interesting with all the rumors going around. One hundred percent. I mean, next year's head coaching pool should be pretty stacked with talent. You mentioned a couple names there. There's going to be other names who are thrown into the mix as well. But a lot of news keeps bubbling up here. You know, it's nothing definitive yet. It's nothing straight from the horse's mouth. It's not like Joe Shane said anything in particular. But more and more reporters are mentioning that the Giants are looking at quarterbacks and considering this option. So I think the more that we hear about it, the sooner that we get to to, to the draft, the closer that we get to the draft, rather, uh, we're going to continue to hear more. And again, I think next week's NFL scouting combine is going to be really crucial. You're going to hear a lot of rumors there in terms of who the Giants might look to sign, what positions they're going to be targeting in free agency, and again, who they're interviewing with and who they're considering drafting in this upcoming draft. I'm really excited for the combine to kick off. I don't really care too much about 40-yard dash times and how these guys run and perform these drills in their underwear. I do care, though, about who they're interviewing with, how they're doing in their interviews, how they're doing in their testing. That's what the NFL Scouting Combine is really all about, and that's what teams really use to make their decisions on draft night. So looking forward to that. I think that the Giants are going to have some pretty crucial interviews with top quarterback prospects, and once they do, we're going to, of course, react to that and continue to update you on that right here on Fireside Giants. So make sure to leave a like if you enjoyed this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you're new and ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you're listening to Alper Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. Without further ado, we will catch you all in the next one. Have a good one and let's go Giants.